um, the final service of 2023, and what a year it has been. Wow. Uh, so many, so many things that we can uh, look back and say, wow. <clears throat> I look around this room, and I think about my church family, and uh, I am um, I'm blown away by what God has done. It's not been an easy year, but... God has been faithful. Can we say amen? And some of you, we prayed with you when you were uh, uh, going through surgery, when you were going through some difficult roads this year, and God's been so good. And here you are today, and uh, the Lord continues to be faithful, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, today, and, and uh, Pastor Nicole alluded to this, by the way, that uh, <clears throat> New Year's resolutions... Uh, this is the, uh, the end of one year and the beginning of another. This tends to be a kind of a goal-setting, strategic type of uh, week where we say, all right, I am going to do this. And churches everywhere, we will uh, gear some like new things. For example, um, when, when she announced that we're doing uh, the Following Jesus online uh, opportunity and the Discipleship Journey, uh, we deliberately do that in January. We don't do that in the middle of August. Uh, we, 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 we are strategic uh, that way because our culture here in the United States, we tend to be geared to thinking about doing new stuff in January, then the beginning of the summer, and then the beginning of September. Um, probably because we're kind of used to the whole school year mentality, and now we got the calendar year here as well. And if you're looking at me like, I have no idea what you're talking about, just humor me, will you? Okay, just humor me. It's probably just the cough drops and the medicine talking, so you just, you just help me out here, okay? <clears throat> but today... I want to share a message entitled, Small Changes, Big Results. Small Changes, Big Results. I'm convinced that a lot of us in here, our desire is to grow spiritually. Our desire is to grow closer to the Lord. Our desire is for Bethel Church to uh, expand its influence in Northeast Ohio and in our cities and, and, and to grow and to see some great things happening. And a lot of us think that in order to do that, well, that just means I got to do something huge and something crazy. You know, I got to memorize Leviticus I got to spend four hours in a closet with candles thinking about nothing but Jesus and never eat again a day in my life. And, and <clears throat> all that's so crazy. It, it, it's all over the place. And I, I, what I'm suggesting to you is that some small changes, some small decisions in your life could produce some big results. The question is, what is God wanting me to do? And I want to challenge you to explore that today as we look at God's word. Now, the setting for today's scripture is such. The church 
has been established starting in Acts chapter 2. So here we are in Acts chapter 6. So a number of, of, of uh, days, weeks, some time has, has gone by, and they're experiencing some growing pains. And they have to address a certain issue. And it produces huge results. And I want to show you what I mean. If you're able to, would you uh, stand with me for the reading of God's word as we go through this together? We, again, are in Acts chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, and going to verse 7. Here we go. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and they said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas uh, from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And now look what happened. Verse 7. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Small changes, big results. So Jesus, I pray that you would inspire within us to consider some small changes, some small decisions to see some big results spiritually in our lives. So Lord, would you speak to us today and let your Holy Spirit just move in all of us. And God, I'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, Lord, let the voice hold out. Small changes, big results. Small changes, big results. It really does not take much for a change to take place in someone's life. It's been said that a habit can be established in 21 days. And I would submit to you that if we would consider doing something that is not so crazy out of reach, for example, okay, let's just suspend all belief just for a moment and say that I wanted to start jogging. (laughs) Oh, now that is funny, okay? Folks, if I'm going to run, I'll put it to you this way. If they ever find my dead body, on a jogging path, you know I was dumped there, okay? It wasn't from me jogging, okay? But let's say I decided I wanted to start running. I wanted to start jogging. I, 
I admire the running culture. It's amazing. I promise you this. I am not going to get up the next day and try to run a 26.2-mile marathon, okay? I've had these experiences where I've tried to do the fun run during the 5K. You know how you got the 5K where the serious runners are? And then for all of us out-of-shape fat people, they have the fun run where you just kind of walk. Is what you do, okay? I'm a fun, I don't even like the fun run, okay? I did a fun run over here in Talmadge one time. I like to died. I, it was the worst experience of my life because I was convinced that I was going to take on that one mile fun run and I was just going to dominate. I'm going to tell you folks, I, I started, <laughs> and what was bad? I had this old lady that kept on following me. At the starting line, I'm not kidding. And she said, are you going to run fast? I said, I don't know. <laughs> are you going to really run fast? Are you going to run fast? I don't know. And I'm trying to avoid her. I'm like, you know, mixing in with the crowd and everything, trying to lose her. So I go to the other side of the starting line. There she is again. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to run fast. Are you going to run fast? I thought, <clears throat> I am now. <laughs> So I start running the one-mile fun run, okay? And after about a mile, I'm sorry, after about 50 yards of the fun run, I realized that I had made a colossal mistake. I, I am on the side of the road, this was a terrible mistake. And when this lady in a walker kind of says, are you okay? And I said, just go without me. Just go without me. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Uh, I, I started a little too much, too fast, too much, having not trained whatsoever. So I'm not suggesting to you that if you want to do something great for the kingdom of God, that you all of a sudden need to le- leap from the church chair to holding crusades in Africa where hundreds and thousands of people show up to hear you speak. There's got to be a middle ground there, quite a bit of middle ground. Let me show you an interesting story. Back in 1987, that's before some of you were born, I heard, okay, American Airlines, they noticed that they had an issue with their first-class meals. They would serve meals at first class. Nobody in first class was eating the olives. Nobody was. So they decided, you know what? Since no one's eating the olives, why are we serving olives? And so in that year, just by withholding one olive off of every plate, they saved $40,000. Just because they held the olives. You know, I wonder, what are the olives in your life that you can just kind of hold back to become spiritually richer, spiritually more mature, more healthy spiritually? What are, and and by the way, if you're an olive lover, don't don't send me nasty emails, okay? okay? What are the small changes that you can make to your life and 2024. We're going to bring in the new year now in about 13 hours. What are the small changes that you could make 
in order to make you closer to Jesus than you are right now? What small change could you make in your life to make you closer to Christ? Where, Lord willing, if we're sitting here again on a New Year's Eve or thereabouts, and we look back in a year and say, wow, I am so much closer to Christ. What made the difference? What change could you make? Well, there's some lessons that we can learn here. Before, before you say, okay, I'm going to start doing this. Okay, before we get there, let's first of all learn some lessons from our text. Because they had some widows that were angry. They were not only angry, they were hungry. <laughs> hungry, hungry widows. And, uh, and, so, <laughs> and so you had half of them that were mad because they were getting neglected in the serving of food. So the guys thought, okay, we got to address this. But we got to deal with this the right way. Because the last thing you want is a bunch of angry widows. Can all our widows say amen? Okay, yeah, you know who you are. So what did they do to fix this problem? It's the same thing that I would suggest that you do when you're trying to establish, what can I do to make myself stronger spiritually in this next year? Here's the first word I want to give you. Prioritize. Prioritize. You know what that means? It's defining what's really important and what's not. It's defining what really, really matters in your life. Take a look at verse 2. and Yeah, verse 2. The 12 gathered all the disciples together, and they said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. So in other words... These are the guys that are doing the preaching and the teaching. And now they're saying, well, we can't just put that on the shelf and wait on tables. We, gotta, we, we still got to do what we're called to do. And I think what's important for all of us here today is that we need to define what in our life and what God says is most important in your life. The problem that I've seen with a lot of people who try to follow Christ is the fact that they have made things important that really aren't. We really get obsessed about things that really, as far as eternity goes, they don't matter. They don't matter. Now, I think that we need to sometimes, if I could say this without you getting angry, I think sometimes we need to get over ourselves. That would help us a lot. We wouldn't be so obsessed with what we own, with how we look. And and look, I'm not suggesting that you get all frumpy and, and you know, I'm not saying that at all, okay? But what I'm saying is that could we put more priority on what matters as far as our walk with God? Could we put a bigger priority on things that really, really matter? Because do you know what will derail you? What will derail you is getting obsessed with something that doesn't. 
For example, that's why this preacher, I don't get really freaked out when somebody says something bad about me. It's like, uh, they're wrong. They're wrong. That's all I need. That's all I need. Yeah, but they said this about you. I don't care. I don't care. You know what they are? They're just a miserable person who needs Jesus. They, 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 they need Jesus. Are they a little bit more Jesus? So I don't get obsessed with that. I don't get derailed by other people's opinions. Oh, folks, you know what will shipwreck your faith in God is being obsessed with the opinions of other people. But don't let that dictate. Don't let that dictate you. Don't let that dictate how you operate, how you work, how you <clears throat> students, how you uh, are on on the campus. Don't let that change you. Don't let that stop you from growing spiritually. We need to identify what is most important in our lives. There's a reason why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you, the scripture says. The problem is, we get more obsessed about the, all these things, and we kind of put seeking God first and his righteousness, we kind of put that on the shelf because we're so worried about other things. And Jesus says, no, seek me first. I'll take care of the rest of that stuff. I'll take care of your needs. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of your relationships. I'll take care of your future. I'll take care of what you're going through. Just seek me first. Secondly, not only should we prioritize, but we should what I would call preserve. Preserve what God has called us to do. Now, I want you to understand. I want you to understand what was going on here, okay? Angry, hungry widows, all right? We got to do something. So you know what they, you know what they didn't do? They didn't say, okay, let's just find seven guys that aren't doing anything. Blech, there you go. There you go. Just serve food to the ladies. Smile a little bit. That's fine. That's not how they went about this. Look at verses three and four. So brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you. Look at the qualifications of a table server. Are you ready? They are known to be full of the spirit. And wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them, and we then will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Do you know what I appreciate? I appreciate that the seven people that they chose were not insulted by how they were chosen, they knew they had a purpose. I want to remind everybody in here you have a purpose. And you might not be on stage, and you might not be able to sing like Jonathan, and you might not be able to just carry a crowd and do announcements like Pastor Nicole. Pastor Nicole, one of her spiritual gifts is, uh... no, I won't say that, never mind. <laughs> Honestly, you all should have a Nicole in your office, to be honest with you, because the encouragement that she is to the body of Christ. There's a gift there that she has. It's pretty amazing. And she likes the candy that you leave uh, <laughs> after a truck or treat. But um, anyway, those are not small roles. Whoever works in the nursery, 
That's not a small role. When, when, when you teach our, our children uh, and be caught kids, that, that's, that's not small. Those of you who are greeting people when they come to the show, I'm telling you what, we don't get a second chance to make a first impression. If you're some grouch, it's like, oh, I'm walking to church. Okay, you think they're going to be back? The fact that you shake hands and encourage people, that's not small. I've said this time and time again. When I get positive feedback about the church, it is rarely my incredible sermons, which ticks me off. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know what it is? It's the kindness of the people of Bethel Church. There's a culture here that is different than most other churches. I'm just telling you. There's an incredible culture in this place. You make that culture special because of your love, because of your encouragement. We got a couple guys that make sure that you're safe every single Sunday. Did you know that? Every single Sunday. They're out in the lobby while you're worshiping, and they're out in the lobby while this message is going on, making sure that some crazy guy doesn't do something stupid. That's huge. You don't even see it. You don't know what's going on. But that's significant. Can you say amen? What I'm trying to tell you is if you think, if you think that the most important person in this place is this guy, the preacher, no, we are all valued by the Lord. We should preserve what God's given us. We're not insulted because, oh, I'm just a greeter. Well, I'm just an usher. We need the greeters to greet. We need the ushers to ush. Cherish what God has, what he's done for you, what he's led you to do. Cherish that. Preserve it. Number three, prayer. Now this is, again, let's remind ourselves. We are getting seven table servers, okay? We're not identifying seven preachers. Now, some of them went on to do some great things, but, but hang with me for a second. Seven table servers. And what did they do? Look at verse 6. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. They had a prayer meeting. They had special commissioning prayer for everybody who was serving a widow. How cool is that? You know what that tells me? That every effort that we do in this church, we have got to saturate our efforts with prayer. Why do I have a prayer meeting once a month here in this church on a Wednesday night? I do that because we have got to make prayer a priority in this church. We have got to bathe, saturate every effort that we have in Bethel Church by covering that with prayer. And I will tell you that this message is not just about a bunch of individuals, but God has really dealt with me for 2024 to really button some things down and to, to make some small changes so that we can function as a body of Christ, as the body of Christ, in a much more effective way. And I know some people don't like change, some people don't like it when things... I, I just want us to do the things that we did 40 years ago. The problem is, this is not the same church it was 
four years ago, let alone 40. Remember COVID? Nah, you probably don't, but I do. That changed church culture all over the world. We didn't have these cameras. Now, now, I don't have a white suit, but now I'm a televangelist guy. But seriously, we're, we're broadcasting our services. We have an internet presence now. We didn't have three, four years ago. You know, we have people that join us online. They consider us their church. We have people that give to this church that have never set foot in this building. They identify with Bethel Church. That We, we are reaching people in other cities, other states, at times, even other countries. That's different. But we got to bathe these efforts in prayer. Every song that we sing, every word that we preach and teach, we need to pray. Every effort that we give, we've got, even if we've done it over and over and over again, we've got to bathe those efforts with prayer. What I loved is that they didn't just say, hey, you seven, go serve the hungry ladies. They prayed over them first. So please do not think that your job or your purpose in life is so trite that we could get away with sending you to do it without the touch of God. You need, I need the touch of God in everything that I do, that we do, that this church does. We need the touch of God. And finally, I want you to look at the product here. When they prayerfully prioritized what God had told them to do, and they embraced that, I want you to see the results of this. This is amazing. Again, this is not a, this is not a preaching crusade. This was not an evangelistic event. This was not some convoy of hope event. This was not the first giveaway. This was merely meeting a need. And having people fill that place in an anointed, powerful way. Look at verse 7. The word of God spread. Stop there. Table servers allowed the word of God to spread. Are you kidding me? You actually think your role is insignificant? I will tell you that we cannot function without you. We need you. We need you. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And even a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Are you kidding me? Talk about, talk about small changes bringing huge results. They not only saw people come to the faith, they saw priests lead Judaism and make Jesus the Messiah. And all of that was because of a bunch of spirit-filled table servers who took what they did very seriously. So I go back and I ask you, do you actually underestimate what you're doing? You shouldn't. Do not underestimate the amazing things that God can do. If you work with our children, if you encourage our children, 
Don't take that lightly. Don't take that lightly. You know, I loved a lot of our college students are on break. We got a few here. I love our college students so much. Don't you? Oh, my goodness. I just love our college students. And I think one of my favorite memories of 2023 was in August when y'all showed up all at once. It was so cool. But what was funny, what was funny, we had like a line of of people. It looked like the BMV, right? And they were all in line just waiting to take their turn to welcome you and to greet you and, and to welcome you here because they love you so much. Church, do you think that that was a waste of time? Oh, no, I will tell you, that was significant. That handshake, that hug, that encouraging word, that's, that's significant. That's significant. What small change? Same question I asked earlier. Can you make in your life in 2024 that can make you closer to Jesus than you are right now? I'm going to give you a few examples, and I'm going to let you go. And you may want to have your camera phones ready because maybe one of these ideas might be something that you'd like to give it a try. And by the way, by the way, by the way, okay, if, if you, for example, let's say I'm going to read my Bible every day. Awesome, okay. So if you miss a day, okay, don't stop. Don't stop. Well, I ruined it. I guess I'm not going to be, okay, just pick up and go again. Pick up and go again. It's all right. You think God doesn't know that you're going to miss a few days in your devotions? Really? You, you probably are. But that's okay. Just pick up and do it again. Let's talk about spiritually what you could do. Let me give you some ideas. Uh, I just said it. Maybe you could spend some regular time in God's word and in prayer. We've got this thing called Five Minutes with Phil. Um, it's an internet sensation, and uh, <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. <clears throat> but that's a tool that we actually launched back in COVID, and we we just surpassed our one thousandth episode of Five Minutes with Phil. Isn't that crazy? And uh, they've all been good. And uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> But you know what we do? You know what we do? Every day, we think, okay, can, can, we give, can we give the listener five minutes where they could start their day with Jesus and, and his word? That's why we do that. So m- maybe it's a matter of listening to that or, or somebody much better than me. But, or, or, or maybe you could just read the scriptures every single day and pray. You know, we talked about prioritizing. Maybe turn the radio down and just talk to God in your car. Pray in your car. Keep your eyes open, but, but pray in your car. There's a lot of practical ways to do it. Maybe you don't have to listen to ESPN radio that day. and Maybe you could just talk to the Lord. Uh, attend church consistently. Consistently. Uh, Here's one. Be, begin tithing. Maybe that's not part of your, your faith system. I encourage you to do that. 
Uh, here's one that would be an enormous blessing to the kingdom and to Bethel Church. Uh, give to missions every week or every month. So spiritually, those are some examples that maybe you could consider for 2024. Small change, huge results. But I don't want to just stop with spiritually. Maybe relationally, there are some things you can do. Uh, How about making it a point to spend time with godly friends? And I'm not telling you to not have unchristian friends, okay? I'm not telling you that at all. But at the same time, you need some moments that you can surround yourself with people that love God, and they'll encourage you to love God as well. That's why this dynamic is so important. This this is huge. That's why Jesus created this for that dynamic to take place. Every month when we have our, our Wednesday night prayer meeting, the first Wednesday of every month, pray with us here. Seek God together. There, there's something special when God's people pray together. Once everyone's, uh, first Wednesday every month. Spend quality time with your family. Quality time. Spend quality time with your family. Here's one. Put your phone down. Oh, my goodness. If you go out to eat today after church, watch how many tables are full of people doing this. It's, it's crazy. It, and, and I've been guilty of it too, right? Because I'm so important. I got to see who texted me. But and that was a joke, by the way. Um, you know what I've done lately? Um, when I meet with somebody, especially one-on-one, I put it down on the table, face down. I don't look at it. I just don't look at it. And the world is still turning on its axis. Uh, When I golf with my son and with my friends, I throw this thing in the golf cart. I don't want to look at it. I'm spending too much time looking for my golf ball in the woods. Am I right? Yeah, he knows. Put the phone down. We, we have become, I don't want to harp on this too much, but wow, we have become prisoners of our phone. And I even watched some of you on Sunday. You, you cannot go through a sermon without checking your email, playing Candy Crush, or, or whatever you want to do. And, and, and could it be, could it be that maybe you could just put the thing down for a little bit? You might be amazed the difference that'll make. That could be a great goal for some of us. How about a goal of sharing your faith? Tell somebody the difference that Jesus has made in your life. You may not even have it figured out yet. That's okay. That's okay. Just tell them the difference that Christ has made in your life. What going to a a church or belonging to a church family the impact that that has made on your life. There is a world that is so deeply hurting right now, and they're going to need answers, and they're going to need hope. And I got a feeling that 2024 is going to be a little bit crazy. <laughs> they're going to need hope. Christ has sent you there 
wherever there is for you to bring somebody hope. I'll close with this, and Jonathan, maybe you can help me out here. Intellectually, even, I think you could set some goals for yourself. Um, Read a good Christian book. (laughs) Isn't every Christian book good? (laughs) No. But read a good one. If you need recommendations, Pastor Nicole and I will easily lead you to some ideas. Um, Memorize a Bible verse or two or 20. Memorize God's word. And here's one. uh, Participate in following Jesus or a a discipleship journey. Uh, Pastor Nicole is on this staff. One of her roles is to head up the discipleship effort of this church. We're already seeing wonderful things from that. And, and perhaps you're being a part of one of these. Uh, not perhaps, it will. It will have a profound impact on your spiritual life. And maybe God's kind of leading you to do that. Well, that might mean I have to get to church an hour earlier. You can do it, Bubba. I promise you it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. American Airlines saved 40 grand just by withholding an olive from the first class meal. What small change could you make in your life in 2024 to make yourself spiritually healthier, spiritually more mature, to make yourself more like Jesus. I gave you a bunch of examples. Oh, but there's so many things you could do. But how do, we, how do we come to those decisions? Let's go back to the text before I close. Prioritize. You've got to define what's most important. And there's nothing more important than your relationship with God. Okay, well, I'll just love Jesus and I won't love my family. Okay, that's stupid. Can I just say that? Because the more you love Jesus, the more you're going to love your family. Because you're becoming like Jesus. So that was free for somebody. So it's not either or. The more you fall in love with Christ, it impacts the rest of your life. So there's nothing more important than your relationship with God. Don't let anything else get in the way of that. I'm not saying quit your job. I'm not saying quit your hobby. Let's make Christ first. I think the church is guilty of making Christ third or fourth because they want to go to heaven. Let's make him first. And then you pray about it. That's what I'm going to give you a chance to do here is pray. And, and maybe you need Jesus to remind you that the place that he has you in this local body here or whatever he has you doing outside of these walls You just need to be reminded that that is significant to the Lord. It is. Seven spirit-filled wise table servers changed the area. What might happen? What might happen with a bunch of people who would make a decision to say, you know what, I'm going to make this small change to try to make my life spiritually richer. Can we pray about that today? 
Can we say, Lord, what do you want to do in me? What do you want to take place? And God, and, and by the way, you're not responsible for the results. God is. Let me try this side. You're not responsible for the results. God is. You just do what God's told you to do. You just do what God's told you to do. You'll be obedient. God will take care of the rest. Can you stand with me? I guess what I want to see here today are people having conversations with Jesus before you leave here. And call it a resolution, call it a goal, call it, I don't, I don't care what you call it. Can you just bathe it in prayer and realize that this is pretty important here? And do not underestimate the power of people really prioritizing their walk with God more than they ever have before. God could change Akron through you. Students, God could change Kent State through you. Through you. Your workplace can be changed. Your neighborhood could be changed through you. Just be obedient. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to give you a chance to talk to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what change do you want me to make so that I can become stronger and closer to you? And let's see what the Lord might have to say to us, okay? And when you're done, you can consider yourself dismissed. So whether you want to come to this front area and pray or you want to pray at your seat or maybe you're one that's got to walk around and pray, just pray, please. And let's see what the Lord might have to say. So Jesus... I really believe that there are some there are some incredible possibilities in this room. People taking your word seriously like never before, praying. We've got people who are changing their relationships, people who are trying to grow. God, show us what small changes we can make to be spiritually richer. Lord, some of us might even need to sign up a, on a sign-up sheet before we leave this place. Some of us, Lord God, we, we might need to sit down and write some things down so that we can have our goals written out. But God, whatever you're saying, make us obedient. And I'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to pray, do so right now. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you. I need